Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. God is good. His love is good and true for all of us. He's revealed his love for us in his word. And so we're going to spend some time looking at the, uh, at the Bible together this morning. And as we do so, we are going to be continuing our series. In fact, we're going to be finishing our series that we've been on for the last few weeks together, looking at the, how we can love our neighbours. God loves us. We've talked about that earlier on in the year. We are all loved by God hugely, immeasurably, unconditionally loved by God. But God then encourages us to go and show his love to those around us, to go and love our neighbours. And so we've been working through some of the encounters that Jesus had with his neighbours and thinking about how can we love like Jesus loved uh, those around us. And so today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 19 and a well-known story to many of us, I'm sure, the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Um, and so if you've got your Bibles with you, um, feel free to turn to Luke 19 now, verses 1 to 10. Um, the words will be on the screen. And as well, if you want to, there are sermon notes available on your seats or online in the church hub if you're joining us online this morning as well. Uh, so we can look at God's word together and go deeper in God's word together as well throughout the week. So let's, uh, before we go any further, pray and then uh, we will listen to God's word together. Father God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you love us for the wonder of your love that you've unveiled to us through Jesus. And Lord, as we think about how we can live in the light of your love for us, how we can represent and mirror your love to those around us, Lord, we pray that you will continue to reveal more of your love to us, that you would speak to us as we look at your word today, and that we might continue to not only love our neighbours, but to continue to love and worship you as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's listen to uh, this passage from Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and begun to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek 
and save the lost. I don't know about you, but I love being invited out to dinner. Um, And that's not just because I love to eat food. Um, I'd love to tell you that the reason I love being invited out for dinner is that I get to go to some nice swanky places and get all the nicest food and the most Instagrammable restaurants and live opportunities that that you, you can only experience once in a lifetime. However, so far in life, I haven't been so often lucky to be invited to such a place and to such a restaurant. But really, uh, how Instagrammable a location is or how nice the food is um, isn't really what makes a a dinner invitation so special. It's not the location that makes a dinner invitation, but it's the people who are inviting you. An invitation to dinner means that people like you. They want to spend more time with you. Sometimes it means that people open up their home and they welcome you in and invite you to be a part of their family for an evening or for an afternoon or for whenever it is that you're sitting down and you're eating together. When I think of some of our friends as a family, many of our closest friendships have started with an invitation for dinner. That invitation's led to conversations, and that conversations has led to friendship, and that friendship has been a source of joy and inspiration for us ever since. An invitation to dinner can be transformational. Today, we've heard about, I think, one of the most transformational and unique invites to dinner that we've ever seen. For, st- for a start, when I'm invi- I usually wait for someone to invite me for dinner before I just turn up on the door and say, hey, I'm coming around for dinner today. There's lots of people I know who are good cooks who I quite happily do that for. But I know that me turning up on the doorstep would, one, be a little bit weird, two, would not be very loving and caring, and probably would result in the door being slammed in my face rather than lovingly welcomed in. I wait to be invited in. But that's not what Jesus does in this passage. He says to Zacchaeus, I must come to your house today. Get ready. I'm coming whether you like it or not. I want to eat at your house today. But that's not all that's unique in this well-known passage. Jesus is walking through the street. He sees Zacchaeus and he reveals his love for him. And as he reveals his love to Zacchaeus, his love transforms not only Zacchaeus' life, but it also transforms the whole community and the whole neighborhood around him. And so today we're going to look and see how as we love our neighbors, that love of Jesus shown through us, his people, can not only transform the lives of our neighbors, but it can also transform the entire neighborhood. Jesus was walking down the road and was just passing through. Again, there were no scheduled stops here. This was not a significant place. There was nothing major planned. That was until Jesus saw Zacchaeus clambering up a tree to try and get a look at him. Zacchaeus was not a nice man. He's not the sort of person you guys would have wanted to invite over for dinner this evening um, to get out. In fact, for most of the people in Jericho where Zacchaeus was, Zacchaeus would have been the most hated and despised man of the whole community. 
The, o- the only other people who might have liked Zacchaeus would have probably been the other tax collectors. And the only reason they'd have probably liked Zacchaeus is because he was their boss, and so he had to like them. Otherwise, they weren't going to get very far in their job. Zacchaeus was not the most popular man in town. People didn't think very highly of tax collectors. Time and time again throughout the Gospels, we hear of Jesus being told of being eaten with sinners and tax collectors. We've heard it in this passage today, the crowd saying, Jesus, he's eating with a sinner just because he has the audacity to go into a tax collector's home. The tax collectors were amongst the lowest, most disgraced members of society. Not only did they take their cut of people's hard-earned money and take it away from them, which is something none of us like, but they did so dishonestly. Where someone had to pay a tax of £10, they upped it to £15, and they kept the profit for themselves. Hence, why we're told Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. Tax collectors were often amongst the richest in the community but they got rich at everyone else's expense. They got rich, and the poor got poorer. Not only was Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. He was the face of the organization, the power of the enemy. He was the one who gave the orders, who set the example of this hated, despised profession. He was despised by the people around him. There was nothing good to say about Zacchaeus. No one liked him. No one would stop to talk to him. No one would invite him into their home, and no one would consider going round to his house for dinner. Some of us might be thinking, well, that's all right. I mean, Zacchaeus might have not had many friends, but sometimes you don't have to make friends in order to be successful. Zacchaeus had his wealth. He had his money. That was his power. He had influence. He had success. Life was good for Zacchaeus. He didn't have to worry about anything. He could just live his life independently, comfortably, and that was all good in his life. He had life sorted out. But did he? Zacchaeus, with all that he had in life, with all the wealth and the resource that he had at his disposal, he heard about this guy called Jesus, and he knew that there was something missing. He knew that he needed to, have, uh, to see more about what he was doing and what he was teaching. And so Zacchaeus, this, or this uh, powerful, rich, per- wealthy person in the society, decides to pick up his robes and run ahead of Jesus so that he can get to a spot to see him. By the way, running was something no civilized person would have ever been seen doing. If Zacchaeus wanted to make more friends in the community, the last thing to do would be seen running through the streets. Next thing, he's climbing up a tree. Again, something no civilized person would have done, all because he wanted to get away to be able to see Jesus for himself. So instead, we hear how Zacchaeus this wealthy man runs ahead, desperate to see Jesus. Of all the people in the crowd that day that Jesus could have seen, Jesus looks up into a tree and sees Zacchaeus. And then not only does he see Zacchaeus, 
But he says to Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Tonight, I'm coming to dinner at your house. I'm sure that many of you will have played the game, uh, maybe around the dinner table with friends who you've invited over for dinner, saying, if you could have a dinner party where you could invite any three people in the world to come along, who would you invite for dinner? Now, I'm sure that many of us here today would love to uh, have around our dinner table some of the well-known heroes that our world has seen. I'm sure for some of us, people like Nelson Mandela might make, uh, or might make the list so that we could sit down and speak to him about how he brought transformation into the broken and brutal South Africa and into the apartheid regime. The good Christians amongst us here today might say, well, do you know what? If I could have dinner with anyone, I want to have dinner with Jesus because I am holy and I want to prove it by my dinner table and I want to sit down and speak to Jesus and really talk to him and get uh, a feel for him. By the way, you don't need to invite him around for dinner. Just come along to the prayer meeting this evening. You can talk to Jesus there. Unsubtle plug. Um, uh, But that's the good Christians amongst us. Um, The honest ones amongst us might just say, do you know what? My latest crush, I'm inviting them round. I'm going to have a dinner date where two people are going to have a conversation and I'm just going to have a dinner with my latest celebrity crush. Whoever your favorite celebrity is, put your name in there. I'm not going to judge you. Um, But let's be honest, we all would have some people we would love to invite over for a dinner party. And the clever ones amongst us, Uh, We are in Cambridge, after all. There are a few clever people amongst us. Might like to invite the Nobel Prize winner around for a dinner table so that we can understand about their latest discovery or how their brain works or understand what it's like to be a Nobel Prize winner. Who would you invite to your dinner table? I'm pretty sure that on our list of people that we would like to invite over for dinner if we could invite anyone in the world. It would be unlikely to include a prostitute on our dinner guest list. I don't think anyone would have in their top three people that they could invite over for dinner a drug addict or a convicted felon. People who would probably prefer to keep politicians away from the dinner table. Um, So we won't invite any of them along either. I certainly don't think any of us are going to be inviting HMRC round to come round and tell us how much tax we owe um, whilst we're having a nice dinner conversation together. Jesus loved his neighbours. And he loved his neighbour by not only seeing the established and the qualified and the dignified... He didn't follow the social norms. He didn't even just see the poor and the needy. Jesus saw the broken, the disgraced, the despised, the lonely, and he invited himself in for dinner to the places where no one else would go. He didn't even ask them to come to his house. He went to their house. This morning, if you feel like Zacchaeus, if you feel lonely, disgraced, like no one wants to see you for who you are, please know that Jesus sees you this morning. He cares about you. He loves you. He wants to invite himself into 
your life. And if that's not you today, if we claim to be followers of Jesus, if we're claiming to try and love our neighbors as we have loved us, as he has loved us, this passage challenges us to see our neighbors in new radical ways. It challenges us to reassess our top priority for who our next dinner invites are going to be. We are called to love our neighbors and not just the nice, respectable neighbors. It challenges us to see Zacchaeus, the Zacchaeuses of our street, to see the Zacchaeuses of our neighborhood, and to love them as Jesus would have loved them. To love our neighbors, we first need to see our neighbors. But as we see our neighbors, what do we then do? Well, I think the next way that we can love our neighbors once we've seen them is to get close to them. Jesus invited himself into Zacchaeus' home. Of all the homes that he could have gone into, he chose the one that would have no doubt had the fewest visitors in the whole of Jericho. And notice again how Jesus doesn't go to, or doesn't invite Zacchaeus onto his territory but he wants to go to his territory. As a church, we talk regularly about not just wanting to invite people into our church, but take the church out to them. This is the model that Jesus is showing in this passage as well. May we be a church that doesn't just get close to people as they come to us, but may we be proactive. May we go out to them, go onto their territory, rather than expecting them all to come to us. But as Jesus got close, as he loved Zacchaeus, there were two different reactions. The crowd saw Jesus hanging out with Zacchaeus and they began to mutter under their voices, how dare he? He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Who does this guy Jesus think he is? What good is he doing there? When we love our neighbors as Jesus did, we will all face opposition. Look at those Christian do-gooders. How can they just always be doing good things for people? They make us look bad. Or how can those Christians keep going and spending their time with, with, in prisons and with people of ill repute and in the bad neighborhoods, supporting people who don't really deserve anything, how can the Christians be doing that? I thought they're meant to be good and holy. What are they doing with people like that? Some of you might have heard the well-known story of Tolly Campolo, an American preacher, who one evening was sat in a late-night diner, uh, having a coffee, and as he was having his coffee, he was chatting to a lady who happened to be in there. And as they were chatting together, it became apparent that this woman was a prostitute. And as they got chatting together and continued the conversation, this lady says to, said to Tony Campolo, I'm going to be 39 in the morning. In that mo a moment, Tony Campolo decided to love his neighbor. By the next day, coming back to the diner again and throwing a great big huge birthday party for this prostitute that she might get a glimpse, just a glimpse of God's love for her. Who are those Christians who would dare to throw a birthday party for a prostitute? When we love our neighbors, we will face 
opposition. On another occasion, uh, we're told in, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus was again sitting down, eating with sinners and tax collectors. There's that phrase again. And a group of people came to Jesus and asked him, what was he doing? How is he socializing with people like this? Surely there are better people he could be spending his time with. And Jesus' response in Matthew 9, verse 12 is simple. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. If we are to love our neighbors, we need to get close. And we need to get close to the people who need to know his love the most. We need to be ready to show God's love to not just the lovely, but to the loveless, no matter what people think of us. When we draw close and we see the loveless, our love will then never be cast aside. Whilst people were stood on the sidelines muttering and grumbling about who Jesus had chosen to spend his afternoon with, Zacchaeus jumped down from the tree as fast as he can and welcomed Jesus gladly. He wasn't just happy to see Jesus. He wasn't just glad someone had seen him. He was glad, he was ecstatic that Jesus had seen him and had chosen to get close to him. When we draw close, we can make a real difference in someone's life. Just a simple invitation to come and eat with someone can transform their day, can transform their week, can transform their life. Sometimes the people who will welcome us the most are the people we might even expect to welcome us the least. So if we're going to love our neighbors, may we draw close and go and love those around us who, so that they too might welcome gladly the love that we have to show for them. And as we see our neighbors, as we draw near to them, it is then when we will see the transformational power of Jesus' love in their lives. In the previous chapter, back in Luke uh, chapter uh, 18, um, Luke shared his account of the rich young leader that we looked at together a few weeks ago. Um, but to give you a, a summary, on this occasion, a young, wealthy man came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. What do I need to do? And Jesus said, you need to leave all that you have behind and follow me. And the man left disappointed because he was unable to give up his wealth. And then Jesus, as this man walked away from him, followed it up by saying how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It may be hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, but with God, nothing is impossible. Just one chapter later, surely it is no coincidence that once again a rich man comes to Jesus, and this time he doesn't leave Jesus disappointed. But as Jesus loves him, as he draws near to him, his love transforms his life. And the kingdom of God breaks through into his heart. Before Zacchaeus' before world changed, his heart needed to change. And as Jesus revealed his love to Zacchaeus, that's exactly what happened. It all started with Zacchaeus 
running along to get ahead of Jesus so he might be able to see him. Then he climbed the tree so that he could get a view. Then Jesus saw him. He invited himself in for a meal. And Zacchaeus' life was turned upside down. Gone was the dishonesty. Gone was the greed. Gone was the self-centeredness. Instead, Zacchaeus became honest. He cared for those around him. He conducted his life with integrity and justice, all because Jesus saw him in a tree and invited himself in for dinner. And as he saw him in a tree, the love that he showed transformed Zacchaeus' heart. It transformed Zacchaeus' life, but it didn't stop with Zacchaeus. It also transformed the whole community. Imagine being in that part of Jericho where all of a sudden tax collectors became honest, where they acted with integrity. Imagine the difference it would make where people were taxed fairly instead of being taken for a ride and being taxed more than they were entitled to. Imagine what difference it would make where the poor were able to keep extra money in order to provide for themselves instead of fueling this dishonest trade. Just one small act of love had an unimaginable impact, not just on the life of Zacchaeus, but going beyond that, beyond this encounter, into the whole community. May we never forget just how powerful one in dinner invitation, one life that you touch with the love of Jesus, how powerful that moment can be. Never forget how drawing close to someone and showing them the love of Jesus can transform our world. Just one small act of love is the most powerful thing that any of us can do. Jesus started by inviting himself in to Zacchaeus' life and into his house for dinner. And as Jesus entered into his house by the end of the passage, we hear Jesus declaring that today salvation has come to this house, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. But not only was Zacchaeus' life transformed, not only was that house transformed, but that restoration spread throughout the community. As Zacchaeus put his rights to, or put his put right his wrongs, and went on to live his life with Jesus, with a new heart and with a new purpose. Usually after an encounter with Jesus, we hear how people left all that they had and they went and followed him. But that's not what happens with Zacchaeus. Instead, Zacchaeus remained in his community. He continued to live his life for Jesus in the neighborhood where he was, making right the mistakes of his past and living with a new hope for the future, all because Jesus saw him in a tree and went to join him for dinner and because he loved his neighbor. An invitation to dinner can be transformational. Over dinner, conversations are shared, new friendships are formed, and whilst we might not be able to literally sit down with dinner with Jesus uh, today, he is inviting each one of us to come 
and to dine with him, to know the love that he has for us, as we'll be sharing in a few moments as we share communion together. He wants to reveal his love for us. No matter how bad we might feel, he sees us and he loves us. No matter how isolated we are, he wants to draw near to us. He wants to transform our lives by the power of his love for us. So as we follow him, may we live our lives in the way that he has shown us. May we see all those who are searching and in need for him, regardless of their background. May we draw near to people and love them just where they are. And as we reveal the love of Jesus to our neighbors, let's sit back and watch not only their lives being transformed, but also the whole community being transformed, all because we decided to love our neighbors. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and we praise you that this morning you see us, that you love us, that you invite us in to come and to eat with you, that you have transformed our lives as you've revealed your love to us. And Lord, we pray today that you would help us to not only know your love, but to live your love out to those around us, that we might love our neighbors as you have loved us. May we see those who are longing uh, to meet you. Would you help us to draw near to those in need? Would you reveal your love to us, that their lives and the whole community might be transformed. Jesus, we praise you for the love that you have shown for us. And we pray that you would help us to continue to build our lives on the firm foundation that your love provides for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.